If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a fan of comic books, movies, and other areas of pop culture. If so, you should check out The Sci-Fi Pie, a blog with reviews, analyses, theories, top ten lists, and more about, but not limited to, Marvel, DC, and Star Wars. The Sci-Fi Pie also explains certain things when it comes to the legalities of your favorite entertainment companies. Do you want to know why Marvel's able to publish comics with Star Wars characters? Or why they seemingly have a mysterious embargo on X-Men characters in video games, even though Fox only has movie rights to them? There was also recently a series of posts discussing the pros and cons of a story having main character armor. Read it before part two comes out. In addition to all of that, the Sci-Fi Pie lately started doing interviews with people who have benefited a certain industry or fandom. To check everything out that I just mentioned, go to www.scifipie.me. Again, that's scifipie.me. Also, don't forget to follow at sci-fi.pi on Facebook and sci-fi underscore pi on Twitter. And now let's get on with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal, and joining me, as always, is Joel from Cape Joel. Joel, thanks for being here, man. Oh, always a pleasure. Originally, we were going to have a conversation about something fun and kind of, like, goofy, and then I thought, nah, let's do something heavy and it'll make people mad at me. <laughs> it's always nice. I mean, you gotta you gotta balance it out. We had two fun, happy uh, ones in a row, so we had to do one kind of serious. It's true. And the fact is, while the title might have made you come over here thinking I was gonna crap all over Marvel Studios, hopefully that is not the case. It's just a way yeah. to get you to come over here so we can join in the conversation and talk about uh, this topic that I that I kind of picked out of the ether. It was because we'd just done a uh, live spoiler cast episode about Spider-Man Home coming over on another show that we do uh and we were talking about how uh this is kind of the only marvel cinematic universe movie coming out until we remember that thor ragnarok was coming out and and defenders on tv as well and defenders and we were also talking about how that how spider-man's gonna be featured in infinity war and infinity war part two and then spider-man homecoming and who's gonna be the other superhero in spider-man homecoming too is it gonna be cap or maybe captain marvel or maybe somebody else it could be doctor strange and then it occurred to me uh, there's a lot of Marvel stuff happening right now in the really cinematic is. variety. And so I asked the question, or begged the question, that is to say, is Marvel Studios overextending itself, or are they in danger of doing so? And uh, let's let's talk about that, because it's not a question easily answered, and it's not one no. that I'm just throwing out there like, yes or no. I'm sure people in the comments will offer that anyway. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm interested in delving into it, and here's my reason for being concerned, or maybe right. why I'm begging this question. Uh, when you think about those who make really quality stuff couple of things come up right you think about pixar you think about yeah. paul thomas anderson you think about quentin tarantino or uh you know any of those number of, of scorsese of, of scorsese eh. and even then like but there are a couple of dips and dives throughout anyone's career even if Absolutely. you if you like blue cats james cameron uh mm. but there's a lot of uh examples of of kind of almost totally pristine runs uh particularly and we're talking specifically about movies we're not going to talk about marvel comics right now we're, we're just a talking a whole about, other topic it's a whole other topic and while there is an inherent connection between marvel studios and what they do and marvel comics and what they're doing i don't want to get into it i just want to talk about what marvel studios slash marvel uh, celluloid is doing <laughs> because you think about like when someone has kind of an unblemished career Mm. One thing kind of remains constant, and it's there's a lot of gaps between the first great thing they did and the next great thing they did. Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg combo movies. Excellent example. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of them. I think there's, what, four if you count Spaced as one big long movie? 
And I think Paul was supposed to be an Edgar Wright movie, but he, he had to do something else. Probably Scott Pilgrim. You, and, you could uh, tell it was because it had all the hallmarks, but none of the Edgar Wrightiness to it. It's true. Just it, they lacked that edge, but was still a, a fun movie. Oh. Uh, but that said, there's a lot of there's a lot of gaps between the time, and even if you have something like Pixar, where it's like it, I mean, it takes years to make these freaking movies anyway. You're gonna have the animation some time. is time consuming. Exactly. So if you're, I mean, I, it's funny. It occurs to me when it comes to animation, like if you're gonna make something. And you're going to animate it, or particularly if you're going to do something over at Pixar, you know, it, by the time you're thinking about how the physics work on a blade of grass in your in, in your movie, you better have a damn tight script <laughs> and have your whole concept all all wrapped up. And uh, so, when it when a Pixar movie comes out and it sucks or isn't as great, it's kind <coughs> of a cars. Yeah, it's kind of a calamity or a colossal like. Uh, stamp on your heart because you're like a, lo a lot of work went into this and, and yet yes everyone I know Cars actually is really successful in terms of merchandise and it ends up paying for the better more interesting projects and Lasseter is a gearhead himself and that's why those movies keep getting made but come on I mean the fact on, is you know. you know what paid for Pixar movies Pixar movies paid for Pixar movies and the word of mouth and the and, and just the quality every creator you're ever going to talk to is going to say you know I, I don't have like a trick for how to get noticed but I will tell you that cream rises to the top uh, if Toy Story hadn't been I mean like Toy Story was going to be a success regardless because Disney hadn't had any really major successes at that time and uh, you know there weren't any really big children movie competitors for it but the fact is the movie being brilliant and beautiful was really what sold that thing. Mm. Uh, anyway, that said, there's a lot of space between these movies, but there's considerably less space between the next Marvel thing to the point where it's now almost more than inundated ever. with Marvel properties. And so we're almost getting a new one every month. Exactly. It used to be we got one every other year. I mean, like, well, let's look at the list right now. Iron Man comes out 2008. The Incredible mm. Hulk came out same year. It did, which is hard to believe, and Incredible Hulk is kind of that forgotten one. Yeah, but then, uh, and and kind of, and I think as a as a consequence of Hulk kind of being dwarfed by the success of Iron Man, mm. between Iron Man two and Thor, one year, you know, you get yeah. Iron Man two, you, you got nothing after Iron Man and Incredible Hulk in two thousand eight, from two thousand in two thousand nine, you got a whole gap, whole year where you're like, God, I hope Iron Man comes out on DVD soon so I can watch it again. Uh, <laughs> then. 2010 Iron Man 2, then 2011 Thor, then uh, around the around the same year Captain America, and then the next yep. year Avengers. So while they were giving you a movie or two every year, uh, that was kind of it. You know, Marvel hadn't gotten their druthers yet. They're like, we're just building, we're just building, we're just making our money, and it was hard to to think about the fact, or it's hard to dispel the fact that like, would they be nearly as gung ho? then as they are now if they had had a major studio behind them or if they had had mm. lots and lots of money i think or yes. if they had even had a failure is the thing yes that's the other thing uh and of course they everybody talks about the the kind of the the, the growth of marvel studios kind of being owed to betting the farm on it yeah it's true the, the, they put it all on red and let it ride yeah uh but in comparison like look at like quentin tarantino movies uh, when he's directing, that is to say. I mean, like, you got 
uh, what's it called? Uh, Pulp Fiction 94. Jackie Brown's really the next big one. I mean, he worked on four rooms and stuff, but nobody cares about that one. Yeah. Uh, I do, but that doesn't, that's, that's regardless. Uh, then Jackie Brown, 9097. Nobody watches it or likes it. I freaking love Jackie Brown. I know, but um, but as far as movie-going audiences are concerned, Jackie Brown was kind of a dud. Dude, Samuel L. Jackson with his little, like, twisty beard and everything. If I could pull that look off, I would. Oh, my God. You totally would. You would You would do that. I'm like, and then I'd be like, Joel, you gotta shave, man. Don't do it. <laughs> you are not Samuel L. Jackson. You are not Orenthal. Yeah. Then six years later, he makes Kill Bill. And then the seventh year later, Kill Bill Part 2, which is just the same movie. I don't consider that the same thing. Uh, and then there's nothing till really Death Proof in 2007, 2009. Yeah. We got Inglorious Bastards, and it all goes downhill from there. Yeah, but, a little bit, arguably. I mean, for me, it is. But but like, look. At I mean, the... I, I I like parts of Django, and I definitely like uh, what is it, Hateful Eight, more than I like Django. But it's a whole thing. I like Django more than Hateful Eight, but I like the look of Hateful Eight more than I like the look of Django. And now he's doing a Charlie Manson movie. <sighs> Whatever. Uh, so it feels weird for him, doesn't it? It's like, but lots of people have made Charlie Manson movies. They've already kind of Torrentino'd up the Charlie Manson genre. I don't know what the real Torrentino can bring to it. I don't know. I don't know. Somebody mentioned I forgot about Reservoir Dogs. I didn't forget, man. It's more like it was an indie movie, and it didn't really get play in a lot of theaters, and uh, it didn't. It, it was not the big thing. He that was his first movie, dude. So chill out. Anyway, uh, the fact is, with uh, when it comes to like all this, all this time, all this effort, all this attention to detail you know like there's no way that iron man would work if they didn't put all the time effort and thought into it right mm -hmm. then my uh yeah or no go go ahead i I'll was gonna say it. i was gonna move on to the to, to to the the main point but please let's take it let's take a break <laughs> well no well you go to the main point and then i'll come back with my rebuttal okay okay uh so Look at it com in comparison. Obviously, like it, it blew up. It Marvel Mania. Everyone's really excited. Marvel splits off, starts making TV shows. You've got like Shield and uh, all the Defenders ancillary shows. Uh, Je Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, The Defenders Show, The Punisher Show. You've also mm. got uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I mentioned before, but Agent Carter is a spinoff show. Yes, uh, you that's have right. The Inhumans coming out. Uh, you also have The New Warrior Show is just cast. Uh, Cloak and Dagger is going to be a show. Inhumans as well, too. Yeah, it's going to be a IMAX show. and a show. And uh, there had been rumblings of a potential... Uh, Damage Control yeah. series. Which I think that's dead now, but they did show up in Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, and I would have loved to have seen a Damage Control show. But dude, dude, the lady looked exactly like the lady from the comics. She sure did. I was like, whoa! That was amazing! Uh, of all the characters to jump off the page, I bet you didn't think it was going to be the Damage Control lady. <laughs> the Damage Control lady. But, uh, the... the look at the world today, and all the Marvel stuff that's coming out, or has come out... And you're thinking to yourself, like, okay, part of the reason why Marvel's so successful and it works so well is because, and I, a lot of people will say this, because of Kevin Feige. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, he's been instrumental, for sure. He's been the figurehead of all of this. Yeah, and over on the TV side, Jeff Loeb. Yeah, who you don't see near as much as Feige. No, and uh, his his career has uh, has a couple of really, really big, awesome trophies and a few others. Yeah. And, uh, but when it comes to Kevin Feige being kind of like instrumental in, in the quality control and everything, uh, 
how can the dude be as effective now as he was almost 10 years ago? When things were smaller. When things were smaller, when they were focusing on fewer projects and just making those few projects even bigger and better. My, what, my, my answer to that would be is that, you know, we talk about all the time it takes in between, you know, a lot of great projects. I would say a lot of that is spent on world building. And my thing I would answer to that is one of the greatest things about the Marvel Cinematic Universe is they have built a world. Literally half the work is done for you when you come in to make a new Marvel movie. True that they've built a world. I think Spider-Man is one of the few projects coming out of Marvel Studios slash TV that has really capitalized on or and or used effectively that world building instead of like you couldn't have had it with if not for the stuff that came it, before that would not it wouldn't have been the same movie uh but this one feels more like it will feels very lived in spider-man homecoming really does feel like it's cut from the same cloth but at a later date which is really cool they really did like lay the groundwork for where this movie came from and in and of itself it's building its own universe by doing their own thing by by virtue of the fact the character is wholly unique and has its own history and characters associated with it uh so yeah while i do appreciate the world building thank you tetsuo uh agent shield's a surprisingly good show once i gave it the chance i agree with you my friend uh, i Same. agree that agents of shield was a surprisingly decent show uh there were some dips in quality i think over time but i think that the most recent season was like engaging oh, it's as their hell. best yet. uh and while it was kind of predicated on the world building of marvel Surely it was, was certainly not depend it was it will it no one was dependent on its world building no. even though you kind of wish it were you mm -hmm. know like they're doing stuff over there they got the lmds they got and the spirit of vengeance they got the dark hole they got a uh they got the asian carter stuff you got the howling commandos and all the deep hydra shit you got a lot of stuff going on over there that they're making that can't or won't be used or at least acknowledged over here over in the marvel cinematic universe and they got freaking powers booth who showed up both in the movies and in uh what is it shield as the same character oh yeah you got a lot of cross you got a lot of crossover sif showed up up in the show that's right she did and Cree. we saw Cree warriors yes oh and you got uh the absorbing man in that's uh, right in agents of shield uh but this i think is illustrative of a problem where it's like if your house is not in order it's not gonna work as well or it's not going it, it, you can see that uh that there is a little bit of a quality change between when it where it was and where it is and while i'm not saying in any way that marvel today marvel studios marvel tv is worse than it is than it was 10 years ago certainly not mm. but it is expansive and i think the real bottom line or the concern of associated that i have that i'm bringing up is that there's room for failure there's oh, more absolutely. opportunity now and i don't mean just because like it's been around for a while i mean because you have so many things being worked on. You have so you many. You built the house of cards larger and larger. Right. I mean, like, and while if your if your house is shorter, you know, it's going to be lower to the ground. It's going to be easier or or harder to knock over. The taller and, and wider it gets, the, the the more opportunities there are for some for some fucked up cards. And uh, I'm I'm not saying that. And and by the way, in all of my examples of quality shit that took the time that in fact still take the time to make sure that every aspect of what they did is great there are a couple of exceptions and we mentioned a couple of them 
Django. Yeah. Yeah, like, and by the way, for some, that movie is one of his best movies. And that's fine. That's yeah, what totally. art's all about. It's subjective. I really don't like At the World's End or The World's really? End. I think it, really? Really now? I think it demonstrates a real dip for Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg combo. And I, I, re I don't think it's really even a dip of quality, but I think it was more like, screw this. And then they just burned their house down. And see, I, I I go hot fuzz worlds and then uh, Shaun of the Dead is no how way. I think. But see, that's the thing about art; it's like it's very subjective. And I I, I, I go hot fuzz Shaun, and really, it's more like hot fuzz Shaun. Like they're right up against each other because Shaun is so great and it's so wholly unique. But that's the thing is, it's it was the it was original. And then, I, I think that comes down to what what genre you prefer. I prefer cop movies over zombie movies, so of course I would appreciate the parody deconstruction of a cop movie naturally, and yeah. a zombie movie. Absolutely. But uh, but like I said, like you know, like we mentioned, Cars, uh, Monsters University wasn't particularly as well received as as its predecessor, certainly. And I like University too. Right. Uh, I didn't even bother that's the it's thing it's actually is that, fairly solid like I, yes it falls into a lot of the prequel traps but mm -hmm. outside that they actually tell a pretty good college story i've seen parts of monster university but i couldn't but but i couldn't be bothered that's the thing it used to be there was time if the new pixar movie came out eh, even if i don't necessarily find the premise that interesting i guess i'll go see it and more often than not i was really i was really surprised by how great it was or yeah. i was contented by how terrific it was but uh, Inside Out, I was not interested in the premise. And I know had, you weren't. We've argued this before. Uh, and there had been a couple of cars since then. And I was like, yeah. eh, like, I don't want to bother anymore. Did, did they do planes too, or is that another No, that wasn't them. But, but Disney certainly wanted you to think. Yeah, they really did. Um, but that's the thing, is that, like, there's there's too many there's a lot of opportunities for 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 more the more you do the more blemishes are inevitable even mm. with the netflix originals everybody i think that everybody agrees even if you're not the biggest daredevil fan the daredevil's a quality show that they, they, they oh, yeah. made a pretty decent thing some folk really don't like season two compared to season one i think it's i think it builds off it i think it works really well but Same. uh but everyone kind of agrees at least on some level that out of all Four of them. Iron Fist probably wasn't the biggest and best one. Even if you liked it, I think it's safe to assume, yeah, that was probably the odd man out of these. But I think another great thing about the Marvel Cinematic Universe is even when they do kind of fall, even when they do have an Iron Fist or a Thor the Dark World or an Iron Man 2, that's okay because you know we're going to get another one and we can fix and we can redeem this in the next one is what we can do. We can absorb a failure. We can take it. Yeah. No, but but that's the thing is that, like, why have any failures? Like, why leave yourself open to the possibility for failure when... And it's the law of averages. I mean, you're not going to hit a home run every time. Right. Right. No, that's true. And, the, and hoping to hit a home run every time... Well, expecting to hit a home run every time is probably foolhardy. But, you should want to. But you should always be working for that home run. You should always be training. You should always be in the batting cages. You should always be going to the, the scrimmages. You should always be trying to be the best you possibly can be. I think that 
and this is this is maybe telling tales out of school. Maybe it's opening myself my, myself up to criticism. I think that Doctor Strange represents the hubris of Marvel Studios and the we can probably t- we can probably skip a couple game days and still probably <laughs> knock it out of the park. I think Doctor Strange is a solid movie, and if it was the first Marvel Cinematic movie, it would have been unbelievably great. Oh, I'm sure it would have. Been. In the context of everything that came before it, and how many really, really wholly unique and terrific things there are. Doctor Strange seems kind of like, hmm, like, okay, I guess that's, I guess that you did a nice job. Like, did you get Doctor Strange's character right? Kind of, that's 65, 85%, maybe. But, uh, but as far as everybody else, I mean, I certainly, when I'm talking to people, layman people, they were like, so it's just Iron Man with magic in it. And I'm like, that is an oversimplification, sir or madam. But, is it? You know, I'm just... I, I'm concerned that the that the that the more we grow and expand, the more that Marvel says like, like hey yeah yeah greenlit 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 like do this other and the other like maybe after Infinity War, mm-hmm. and I'm just tossing this out there maybe after Infinity War Marvel sh- Marvel Studios should take a a good long hard look in the mirror from their giant desk through the smoke of their biggest, most expensive stogie, and Made think of to rich themselves... mahogany, the desk. Yeah. Well, we know, Iron, we know Spider-Man 2 is coming out pretty soon, and we know that's going to be at least a couple hundred million dollars before the, the day is out. So while we're resting our laurels on how terrific that is, because they've already worked on it, they're already probably developing that movie, uh, because it's going to be in the... Con- they know what's going to happen after Infinity War and, and the Avengers 4. Right. So they can say, ah, eh, like, they can plan that movie out. But when it comes to f- making that uh, phase five, phase four, whatever uh, plot or plotting that out, they need to think to themselves: maybe, maybe the the that they maybe the world won't forget about Marvel Studios if we only make one movie every year, or dare I say, every other year. Mm. Like I think that after Infinity War, instead of like going, hey, now that we've put, man, now we've made the most expensive movie slash superhero movie of all time, and we've had seventy eight freaking characters all on screen between two movies, uh, maybe we should not inundate the audience with even more stuff. Mm. I just, I'm just wondering if that maybe that's, maybe that's a thought because if you're subsidized, if you have you know, a, a, a tradition of excellence. You know, you can afford to take that to take that breath. Mm. Well, you know, it, it's funny. You know, we were talking about how they come out so frequently and everything. There's definitely this idea that I think in, that Marvel and Disney have perpetuated, where it's like used to be these movies would all pile up on each other in the summer. Now it's summer whenever we say it is because we have this amazing blockbuster machine of superhero movies. We'll put a Thor Hulk movie out in November and we'll make summer money because we can do whatever we want because we have the characters, we have the IP and you want it. Well, and the other thing is, and this is just, this is the just, you got to change the game because it used to be uh, January is where you dump your garbage. Yeah. Fuck you, it's January. Fuck you, it is January. <laughs> January could be a summer season if you just put out, if you're the only one. I mean, like, look at Deadpool. February, shitty season for movies. And by the way, Valentine's Day, really shitty time for movies in general, Much, which is actually kind of weird because Valentine's Day, it's like the cheapest, easiest date you could probably think of going to the movies. But uh, when it comes to that, like, maybe the only movies that really succeed, like, around Valentine's Day are romantic comedies. Yeah. Um, 
Which but, Deadpool was. Which Deadpool technically was. But really, it's a Deadpool movie. I mean, everybody is, like, sure. I mean, I guess it was also a romantic comedy. But it was mo- but it was also, for a lot of people, just a Deadpool movie. But yeah. you can, like, you if you have the big guns, you know, you can fire them anytime you want. I mean, like, look at, you know, drop a Marvel movie in uh, in February or January. Drop a Marvel movie in November. It'll, it'll be a August. hit regardless of where you put it. It doesn't matter. Like, drop them all, like, whenever you feel like, and, and, and throw away the, the notion that there's a bad season for movies. I would assume that winter be a terrible time for movies, not because people are stuck indoors, because, you know, people think, like, oh, well, Christmas time, right? That's the time to go to the movies. First of all, no, it's not. <laughs> And second yeah, of all, I, I, I never got that idea where they're like, oh, big Christmas releases and people being like, oh, yeah, that's what people do. They go see movies on Christmas Day. I'm like, really? Yeah. Really? Uh, that's that's a that's a phenomenon that was not a reality in my neck of the woods. Same um, here. I mean, I guess if you live alone or something and you don't have family to see on you, Christmas time or you have family and you all don't want to talk to each other or see each other. But you do want to you want to say that you did. Listen, a friend of mine from my neck of the woods actually does have a tradition where on I think Christmas Day or or the day after Christmas, they all go to the movies. And I'm like, really? Like, okay, that's kind of cool. Maybe it's because my parents probably haven't been to the movies in the last like 25 years. No, no kidding. What was the last movie they saw? Figure that out. Yeah. No, I think that I think they saw Batman Begins and they were like, oh, okay, because they don't like, you know, they're like, oh, all right. That was kind of weird. <laughs> Sal would like that. They were like, they didn't, they don't understand. You know, they're like, why was that like a real movie? <laughs> why did they take this seriously? Yeah, for like, two why hours? would they do that? That's that's weird. Like, that's weird. It's inappropriate. It would, it's it, for them. It was like, why did he wear a Hawaiian shirt to the funeral? And it's like, because it's Jimmy <laughs> Buffett's funeral. <laughs> oh man. But, uh, you know... I, I, I hope Jimmy Buffett doesn't die in the next couple days, Sal. <laughs> That'll be the Elseworlds effect. Yeah, exactly. Like the Colbert bump. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I mean... I am not in any way suggesting that Thor Ragnarok is going to suck. I'm actually really hyped for it. It and looks in- like it could be the best one, and I genuinely really like Thor 1, which makes me a weird outsider. Well, and that's the thing. Like, let me... Let, let, going down the list of... Of Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, just the movies, there are only a couple that I was not thrilled by. Still, maybe where it was entertained by, but I wasn't. But I didn't like rush out to buy it, which is. Yeah, as I'm a glad you fan, said that. Like Iron Man two, Thor, uh, the Dark World, not their best work, and yet very watchable. If that, they're on TV, I'll turn them on. <laughs> Iron Man two is on every freaking day. It really uh, is. That said, really I is. love Iron Man two, and I bought that one immediately. But uh, but with Thor and Thor the Dark World, I was like, eh, I'll take, you know, I saw Thor. I saw it in theaters and I really liked it, but not enough where I'm like, holy shit. Um, it was still fun, and there, though. And there's some funny-ass jokes. There's some killer material in Thor the Dark World. When he hangs Mjolnir up on the coat hook. That was great. Oh, destroys no. every theater. Dark World is pretty, is, I wouldn't even go so far as to say it's pretty solid, but I am entertained by Thor the Dark World. I don't watch it all the time. And at the end, when, like, Malekith is gonna destroy the world and they save it using like weather vanes and stuff. I'm like, all right. Portal tech. Really no superhero nobody else shows up now? Like they didn't figure out that they could make the next phase a buddy movie every time. Like Spider Man Homecoming, it's Spider Man and Iron Man. Thor Ragnarok, it's Thor and uh and and, and uh Hulk. 
uh, Ant-Man, it's Ant-Man and Falcon. Falcon doesn't join them, but it's still like he gets this big cameo. He's there. We're getting... It's going to be Ant-Man and Wasp next. Ant-Man and Wasp next. Uh, which, good, finally. Why wasn't Wasp in the last six movies? Like, Because <laughs> we needed a tease, damn it. We needed a tease for the end of this war. I think it's she's expensive. It's easy to have a female character. Number one, we don't make action figures of female characters because girls don't buy Lame. action figures. Uh, but also, um, Black Widow, what does she do? She jumps? And not, not even that far? Cool. Okay, I can do that. That'll save me about sixty million dollars. She, she also shoots people and breaks necks with her legs. Yeah. Oh, cool. So we got the fetishists also. Sweet. Um, but then look at okay. So like you got that. There are a couple of blemish. You know, there there's a couple of things where I'm like, eh. You know, like Age of Ultron was a little bit of a letdown. Still solid, solid. But for me, a little bit of a letdown. Um, Doctor Strange. Yeah. But when you look at Phase Three, Civil War pretty tight guardians of the galaxy yeah. volume 2 holy shit spider-man yes please uh and doctor strange got a couple maybe instant classics in there yeah and doctor strange solid you know like yeah, it's a, all right it's a seven out of ten you know pretty maybe. good uh but then you look at the shows and number one you're kind of like feeling the lack of quality control and number two you're kind of like Okay, well, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I'm constantly saying I like it. It got progressively better. I'm glad I didn't drop it, as so many people I know dropped it. That's I'm glad I stuck with it. Is a lot of people dropped it, and be- because it just wasn't their cup of tea. Agent Carter, I dug it, but apparently mo- most of America didn't because it got... F- Season one, Agent Carter, is a really good period piece miniseries. Fills in some fun blanks. You get to see Stark's dad. Season two, also pretty good. It it seemed like they were implying, like, no, but season three is when shit's going to get really heavy, and then season three never happened. Exactly. By the way, thank you, Austin. Uh, Thank you guys for the entertainment while I'm on vacation. Enjoy your vacation, my friend. Uh, But yeah, I dug the shit out of Agent Carter, despite the fact that America, by and large, did not. Unfortunately, it's like it was a cool period piece spy drama every week. I don't know why that one didn't catch fire. The actress who played Peggy Carter, friggin' awesome. She's delightful. Uh, she is. But That's a you... perfect descriptor. Delightful. She's delightful. But, uh, you know, Daredevil, solid. Jessica Jones yeah. wins awards. Luke Cage, fun, despite the fact that there's a lot of criticism about that show. Particularly Jessica when it Jones came out. was probably my favorite. Luke Cage, it's funny. I, I was lukewarm on Luke Cage, no pun intended. <laughs> then I saw Iron Fist, I'm like, nope, take it all back. Luke Cage is awesome now. Yeah, no, Luke rocked. Uh, comparatively, Best certain. soundtrack of any of the Netflix shows. Yeah. It's almost like, man, they should have just listened to us. And made... Because, you know, because Luke Cage is literally just two shows. It's like the first show, and then... It is. And then another show. <laughs> and one it's of them... It's like they literally... It's they literally had, okay, here's our season two pitch. Now roll your season two pitch into season one. Yeah. We got a really, really kick-ass villain. And then we have another one. The second you really start to like Cottonmouth, and he's gone. But don't worry, we've got Diamondback. Which, again, Diamondback would have been a great sequel season two villain because he's fucking crazy. He's basically Harlem Joker, and then he wears a snake costume. <laughs> but then, but can you imagine if they listened to us where it's like, no, season two is when Iron Fist shows up. I'm sorry, part two of season one is when Iron Fist shows up and yeah. helps Luke fight Cop of uh, Diamondback. That would have been cool. Like, and then it becomes Power Man Iron Fist for the second half of season two. And then you can, like, dovetail the end of season one of Luke Cage into a more strong, 
not every episode does people ask if Danny K- Danny Rand really is Danny Rand. Uh, Iron yeah. Fist. I, I don't know. Apparently, a lot of the show's like concerns or criticisms was because of the uh, the uh, showrunner. Yeah, who's just bad. But that's the thing, right? The showrunner. By by the way, thank you. Getting Artsy with a lobster. If you got the evil that men do by Kevin Smith, would you do a backish on it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, definitely, we could bring Ben in for that one. Um, but thank you very much for getting Artsy with a lobster for your participation. Um, yeah. What was I saying? Uh, uh, the showrunner. No. Oh, how did he get past you? And why did you bring him back? If everyone agreed that Iron Fist, and by and large, I don't mean everyone, I don't mean you specifically who loved Iron Fist on bated breath. By the way, season or episode three of Iron Fist, I was in, and I was in all the way up until the last episode. When it's actually a kung fu show, when he's actually like battling kung fu villains and the drunken master and all that other shit. It's fucking awesome for me, when it's doing like, that. That's cool, but I like the I like the other stuff where like Danny Rand's trying to take over his company. He's gonna like I like all that stuff. I like that idea. Um, when Danny's being a good guy and being like, hey, you know what? Maybe my company should stand for something more than just greed and money. That's fine. That's a cool uh, concept. I like seeing that. I, I hated that we saw the goddamn Meechins way too much. Like, I don't care about the Meechins. None of them are named Iron Fist. <laughs> no, I don't. I was so done with them. I think around episode one. I'm like, yeah, holy were, shit, were. these these people need to leave. And they were then here it, way too much. I don't care about their plight. I don't care about any of the, their development because they're not named oh, Iron Fist. Worst thing about it is that the Meachams get more character development than Danny they does. Do. They do. And then they recycle the same twist with Elektra for Colleen Wing. Yes. I, That's I like cool Colleen stuff. Wing. Me too. And by the way, Elektra is great. I'm so upset people don't like her because I think she's fantastic. She's very different from the comics, but I enjoy her for I what think she she's, is. I think she's not. I think that she is, like, you know, Spider-Man Homecoming is different from the comics, but you still really, mm. but it's like its own fucking thing. I, but it honors the comics by being its uh, like while also being its own thing. I think Elektra does the same thing. The, she the thing plays... that got me about Elektra is that they rob her of a lot of her agency right at the end. Yeah. Crazy, like that, she plays crazy so well. Yeah, she does. She plays the crazy I've seen. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, if everyone by and large agrees that Iron Fist is not great, and everyone can kind of point to the fact that the guy who ruined Dexter is the guy who ruined Iron Fist, <laughs> why in God's name do you call the guy who did both those things and have him do one of your most elusive properties, one of your most expendable properties, where you were going to make a big Inhumans movie, and then you took it and you threw it away the second you got Spider-Man and gave it not to, like, a lesser director, or you look have the budget you took it and in for all intents purposes you took it and you threw it away because that's the concern is that like for me marvel studios and marvel tv are effectively two different studios that everyone else outside the outside this place doesn't understand are different because they build it as two of the as as two parts of the same whole and now they're treating it like they're two completely different, separate entities. So if you did that, number one, it shows you don't give a shit about the Inhumans. And secondly, you don't give a shit about the quality of the Inhumans. And thirdly, the people who are in charge of the TV shows are not nearly as concerned about quality as the movie studio guys are. Because, holy shit, does Inhumans look bad? And you know the guys who screwed the last two things up are making that! So it's like... 
what is the like what is going on here you know maybe if you weren't so focused on making every single possible thing right now you could have had time to make the inhumans palatable and enjoyable and, and and maybe even a movie or a killer six to twelve episode season well, I mean, you, you genuinely just kind of hate Inhumans from the get-go. I think it would have been pretty hard to win you over, let's no, admit. No, I, I, I like quality. By the way, <laughs> thank you, Tetsuo. Uh, Hickman's Ultimates? Yeah, we'll do that eventually. It takes time, man. Like, that's the thing about uh, about back issues. Um, I like quality. I recognize quality. I'm not... I don't keep my head in the sand when it comes to stuff that I don't necessarily uh, dig. And by the way, I like... Uh, I I never hated the Inhumans when I first saw them when they were Fantastic Four sub characters, but and I loved them in Earth X. Mm. Uh, but uh, I don't like them when they're being used as replacements. I don't like them when they're being insisted upon. I don't like that uh, that they don't fit in the mold they're being put into. The Inhumans. Are under the radar. The Inhumans are a niche thing. Making everyone an Inhuman, having a Terrigen cloud circling the world, all, insisting on the Inhumans is not the way to win me over for the Inhumans. The way to win me over for the Inhumans is go, hey, there's a really solid series by uh, Paul Jenkins you should fucking pick up. Or, by the way, the gorgeous Jay Lee image that he released, mm, uh, or that they released really nice. for the IMAX release for Inhumans. It's too bad that show looks like such fucking garbage. <laughs> I like the Charles Soul stuff, too. I know we've argued about this. I actually thought he did some good work with Medusa there, being a put-upon queen and also a woman trying to get back into the dating scene. The funny thing is, for me, like, I, I think, I like, people were like, hey, we're going to see Medusa being a queen who, like, blah, blah, blah. Didn't we see that already? I feel like we've seen that already. I feel like we've we've already dealt with the, the story of Medusa being, like, like, filling in for Black Bolt. Didn't we do that? Like, isn't that a story they did already when, like, Black Bolt was replaced by a scroll? Feel yeah, like but now that... she's on Earth, though. God damn it! Because like that, you're not gonna sell me by being like, no. But this time, Spider-Man's clones are resurrected, like Ashbot. Like, it's a clone saga. I'm not interested. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So, it, you know, I, I'm just I'm concerned, or maybe I'm not even concerned. But I'm like, I wish that restraint was exercised. I wish that Marvel was not so hell-bent on being like, this, 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 Like, focus your energy on making, like, on making what is, what is, like, demonstrably success, or going to be successful, as good as it can be. But really, when the, with the things that, like, either would be a, in humans, it, it's a hard sell. But maybe it would make a killer show. But it's still a hard sell. You gotta really take time and put the right people on that shit. And make them make the best possible thing. And maybe it'll take six years to develop the Inhumans into the thing it, de it deserves to be. But then you have this really solid goddamn show or movie. Like, mm. you know what I mean? I'm just, I'm, I'm... I think if anything is going to help the Inhumans, it's the fact that most people don't have the same knowledge we do as comic fans. Where it's like, oh yeah, the Inhumans, they were supporting Fantastic Four characters. For them, it's like, oh yeah, the Inhumans, those things they started on S.H.I.E.L.D. and are now getting their own thing, they're important. And I'm concerned that there won't even be a reference to S.H.I.E.L.D. Ooh, that's worrying. If they don't do that, that's going to be really worrying. I really don't think we're going to see that. Uh, Red Samurai, thank you, man. Uh, thanks for, for joining us in the Super Chat. Uh, yeah. He asked us a question, what do we think about Green Lantern Earth 1? 
it, it, I mean, it's about time. I was hoping for Batman Earth 1 Volume 3, but I'll read this. Um, and will Jon Stewart ever get his due? Probably not. I mean... Well, was there news about Green Lantern uh, Earth 1? Was yeah, that there's... Thing? Did that come out they, today? they dropped an image of the cover, and they gave a little synopsis of what it's going to be. Um, cool. And uh, they talk, and they gave the creative team and stuff. And it's going to be, hey, I don't know if you've heard this, but Hal Jordan is uh, going to be selected to become the Green Lantern of Sector Two Eight One Four, and uh, you know he has a big le- his big uh, journey and lesson to learn. Like, okay, at least Jeff Johns isn't writing it. <laughs> but you know, who who is writing it? I don't know. I've I've I'm not familiar with their work enough to have memorized their name. Right. But uh, but whoever's working on it, you know, as I understand, and, and also deep. And DC's also doing a new Ragman book by Ray Fox. Did you see that? <laughs> I did see that. I was like, Ragman? Coming out in October, just in time for Halloween. Good for Ragman. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> I, I like it when when lower-tier characters get a second kick at the can. Yeah, I, I, like, ra- I like the idea. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I even like Ragman. I like... I like that I remember Ragman. That's like the. I just like to say Ragman. It's just hilarious because it just sounds like the stupidest thing. Isn't he on Arrow? Is that why he's getting a new start now? I think I don't know. I don't fucking watch. If you're gonna do, I mean, if you're gonna bring in a superhero for like shows that you need to save money on, Ragman, you you could do worse than Ragman. I've seen pictures of a dude on the set of that show covered in rags, but that might just be their take on Prometheus. I don't know. Uh, it's Ragman, apparently. <laughs> okay, it is Ragman. All right. Then. Well, it's like yeah, but uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just I don't want Marvel to bottom out or run or or, or run it in or run the road. Let this if people are, people are talking about superhero movie fatigue, like yeah. that's a thing. It's a popular thing. Again, I think if the bubble was going to burst on it, it would have burst by now. And the fact is, Marvel's been really smart to change up the genre of their superhero movies. And even what it means to be a superhero movie. Like, again, Spider-Man Homecoming. That was a John Hughesian teen comedy. Guardians of the Galaxy. That was a space opera. Infinity War will be something totally different. I hope. Or at least just make it, like, the coolest MFing Avengers movie you can possibly make. You know, even if you know it's just going to be, it, like, it doesn't have to, you don't have to break the mold every single time, but, uh, you know, what's it called? Doctor Strange should have been, like, a real, like, crazy head movie. Like, it should have been, like, a, like, uh, it should have been something else than what it was, than just a straightforward, here's, here's another origin movie. My thing with Doctor Strange is, like, ah, you know, the stuff in the school and him learning... Would have liked to see more of that, but they needed it to be a summer blockbuster action movie. Not every superhero movie needs to be an action movie, but I guess they do need to be. Yeah, I guess, yeah, that's the thing, is like, Doctor Strange would have done better if they were planning on releasing it in February or November. Like, when I think of Doctor Strange, I don't always think pulse-pounding action. I usually <laughs> just think of guys shooting lights at each other and, like, talking about the nature of the universe and that's magic and when I think of Doctor Strange, my immediate image is him levitating against the big window in the uh, yeah. sanctum, reading a book by candlelight. So for Being me, very chill. It's, it is like yeah, but but within the astral plane or his mind, it is a nightmare of of action. Like that's the kind of movie you gotta make. I don't know, but by the way, not they complaining tried. about it. They tried to have both. Yeah. Uh, by the way, not complaining about Doctor Strange. I'm just saying oh, like. Sorry. It's the one that you can point to where you're like, eh. And it's like, I, I, I think the genre maybe got away from you here a little bit. And I want fewer, I, I just want there to be less opportunity for people to be like, eh. 
like I want Marvel movies to be indispensable. I don't want them to be like which one am I, I going to catch? This? That. Like which one am I going to catch this year? Like no. How can you think like well, I saw Spider-Man. I guess I won't see Thor Ragnarok. Like how can you live in that world? I know. Well, judging by the box office on these movies, I don't think they're slowing down anytime soon. I think everyone chooses to see them when they come out. And a good reason of how I think they're able to do that is they built up this meta game of the thing where it's like, oh, well, you got to watch it. You got to check for the Easter eggs and you got to watch that post credit because it's going to be important in the next one. They've made a game of it and people feel smart now when they get to see it. And yet every single time I go to a movie, a Marvel movie, they all get up and leave. I know. It's unfathomable. How My Spider-Man screening was better. More people stayed for this one than I've seen before. I'm like, good, you're finally catching on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, by the way, so no hate. I'm not complaining. I'm not even saying that, the, that there's a noticeable dip in quality. We're but, just having a discussion. But I'm, but I'm asking a question, which is, is Marvel overextending themselves? And I think that if they are, the place they really are is in television. Mm -hmm. I want to see them... Fix that shit. Like, get it back under the same umbrella and have the same level of quality control that they have for the movies. That they know? clearly have for the movies. Yeah, I mean, even though it must be a frustrating creative experience, like, I wrote this oh, movie! Sure. Like, apparently, when they wrote uh, Spider-Man, they're like, I got a crack at it. Like, one of the writers like, I got to write a Spider-Man movie. And then I gave my script to seven other people, and then they made their own Spider-Man movie, and eventually we got this movie. Hey, listen, uh, it worked and I loved it, so I'm not breaking this formula, but I am saying, like, you know, it must be frustrating and I understand that, but they have... And that's just movie studios in general. Yeah. I mean, that's not unique to superhero movies. Yeah, but they did a... But, but there's, there's, uh, there's opportunity there, you know, I'm just... But the shows, you know, I think they need to be brought back home and, and given the same love and attention because... Whether they know it or not, the world at large doesn't see a difference between a Marvel show and a Marvel movie. Mm. And if they see that, Mar especially when they start releasing those Marvel movie shows in the IMAX theaters and mm -hmm. having big releases for them, if it's really bad, it's going to really poorly reflect on the studio. And I, I want fewer opportunities for that. And I'm, you know... Same. And maybe, and maybe there is a bad idea. Maybe, not maybe that's a bad idea, but maybe there is a downside to that, which is if they put all their effort and energy into one movie every other year, and that year the movie either doesn't doesn't hit or it's not quite as up to par as the last one, or people were hoping to get something like that this time, and it was totally different. Like, can you imagine if they'd released Guardians of the Galaxy, and then our kind of Doctor Strange movie, yeah. like a with a year gap? And have people go like, "Oh, I love Guardians of the Galaxy, a Marvel movie. I'm gonna love it." And it's, and it's, it's a not just psychedelic, but like it's Doctor Strange, no origin. He's sitting in the sanctum, and every every so often they cut to him in his sanctum all by himself, and just in with like with with monk music playing, and like Wong checks on him and like checks his pulse every so often, and then when hey, we okay. go back into the mindscape, Doctor Strange is just blasting shit with magic ribbons. <laughs> I, I think people would be like, "What the fuck am I looking at?" right now and it might turn people off um, it might so i do see the uh the you know both sides um but i i'm just saying like basically i'm saying like take a measured hand to your pro to, to your studio make sure don't get complacent don't don't become complacent uh, and, I, and i mean too like just you know looking at the broader thing of it 
2017 is turning into a pretty fucking awesome year for comic book movies across the board. Just not Marvel, but even Fox and DC Warner Brothers turned in some good shit this year. Agreed. Uh, by the way, Kieran Morrison, Elseworlds Exchange is awesome. Smiley face. Thanks, man. Aww. Thank you, Kieran. I appreciate that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, that's the thing, is that, like, it's... It's interesting how uh, Marvel's kind of, like... Marvel kind of blazed the trail, but, like, kind of forced everybody to go, like, man, we gotta... We we get, we gotta make sure these are good. <laughs> we gotta up our own game. Yeah, we gotta take the, we gotta take these things seriously because here's the thing: you're good, but are you Marvel good? Like twenty years ago, when they were releasing superhero movies, they didn't give a shit. Oh no, of course. But not. they released them. They were like, oh, well, maybe this will make some money. We'll do the Phantom or the <laughs> Shadow. Zane. Yeah, or the Shadow with Alec Baldwin, or uh, or Barb Wire, or Tank oh, Girl, yes. or uh, or Batman, and make him a freaking joke. Uh, you know, just, they, they, they didn't care and they were just like, just give it to whoever. whoever. I mean, like the fact is because a studio heard that Kevin Smith read comic books and he made a Superman reference in his Marvel Rats movie. Surely he is the right man for this job. Like it, it's like when you work in an office and you're surrounded by old people and then you get the printer working. Suddenly you're the tech guy. Yep. <laughs> Uh, that, that happens to me in my building all the time. People hear, oh, that Joel fella, he works on the internet, right? So surely he can make my old ass computer on Windows 98 run faster. <laughs> exactly. And I imagine I can't it's... tell you how many times I've had to tell people. It's like, no, no, computers degrade like fruit. I can't, I can't actually make this faster. You just need to go buy a new one. Right. Or like you've done something that I legitimately can't explain or fix. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. And then they think you're being like obstinate. They're like, oh, you do know, you jerk. This, uh, this sweet lady gave me, like, one of those old giant laptops that I haven't seen in years with, like, a battery the size of a phone book. And I'm like, what? Yeah, how mu what do you want me to do with this thing besides, like, throw it away for you? The, the, the operating system, it wasn't even Windows 98. It was, like, the one before Windows 98. And I'm so like, I didn't even know this. Yeah, I'm like, I didn't even know this existed anymore, man. This belongs in a museum. <laughs> By the way, thank you to So Excited in the Super Chat, Tombstone, and HH for the Homecoming sequel. HH. Yeah. I like Tombstone. Tombstone's cool. Yeah. Uh, and Keith David, just bring him back. I don't care. Yeah, just make him pale, put him in the suit. Yeah, I'd actually love that Spider-Man, because uh, you, you might not be able to do Kingpin, but much like Spectacular Spider-Man, I think Tombstone would actually be a pretty decent stand-in. By the way, you don't even need Hammerhead. There you go. Uh, you don't need... Uh... You don't need him to be albino. Like, you could just you could just say he, he wears white suits. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I like the idea of an albino supervillain. I know that's kind of a cliche and a trope in and of itself that all albinos are evil. Yeah, yeah. But 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 it adds to Lonnie Lincoln's own pathos, where it's like, yeah, I was a gangster from Harlem, but I had albinoism, and people gave me crap so much that I ended up leaving Harlem, came to Queens, and tried to took over. Right. That's fair. Um, it, it's I'll take it. But, uh, it's also like, okay, I, I get the albino thing and the gangster thing, but why did you file your teeth down to Razor's Edge? Because uh. it's scary. <laughs> no, he'll he, he, have a grill is what he'll have. He'll have a razor teeth grill. Yep. He'll be like Jaws in the Bond movies. I'm actually very okay with that. <laughs> yeah, the Dude, Tinkerer built them. versus Jaws. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's 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 just, just asking some questions about, uh, you know... Remaining, I think that the, the reason for this topic is not to nitpick or criticize or argue. No. 
I think it's just a, it's demonstrating an element of vigilism. We need to be vigilant about the things we need to safeguard the things we care about. We need to be like, oh. hey, listen, and we like, do care. Yeah, we do care. We can we can go to these movies. We can buy we can buy tickets. We can go see them. We can tell our creators that we love them. But we should also not be afraid to tell our creators that uh, you know that when they're when they're slipping up and maybe not being a dick about it, you know, but uh, but being like, hey, you know, don't uh, don't 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 fall asleep at the wheel. Because it ain't mm. a self-driving car. Like we're just we're trying to we're trying to like dare our creators to constantly improve and be better, and, uh, and not not get too complacent with their place. Because Marvel was the leader of the Mar- of, of comic books, and then they were uh, bankrupt, and then they were the leader again, and now it's like weird, and like the winds always change. You know, everything's a circle. So. Uh, it's a circle and it's a roller coaster. Actually, it's closer to a spiral because we go up and down, but mostly yeah. Around. Well, it's like a roller coaster that just has big, big loops in it as well. Yeah. But uh, Joel, any other final thoughts regarding this topic? I'd love to uh, love to jump into it. Oh, and Mr. Giggles says, "Hey guys, awesome show. Where's your Coke Zero? I finished it, man. It's right here." <laughs> Thank you, Giggles. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean I think we pretty much hit it on the you know, hit the nail on the head there. It's like you know this was just this was a thought exercise. Yes. Is what this was. It's true. It's true. Um, well, I want to thank you guys for hanging out with us and watching this episode or listening to this episode of The Elseworlds Change. And before we go, don't forget to check the description box down below to help vote for our triage of podcasts. The week, uh, Elseworlds Exchange, the poll, and the weekly poll are all up for uh, nominations on the Podcast sure Awards. Are. Go to www.podcastawards.com, register, and vote for all of us. We're up against a lot of uh, a lot of different podcasts. We'd love to see some wins and uh, be able to say, We like hey. our odds, though. Yeah, we do like our odds. We'd like to be able to say, hey, welcome to the, the award-winning podcast, The Elseworlds Exchange. Um, that would feel nice. Really quick, Getting Artsy with a Lobster says, I like how some movies still avoid calling themselves comic book movies like Atomic Blonde. Yeah. Mm. By the way, can't wait to see that movie. I'm looking yeah, forward to Atomic cool. Blonde. Um, and I guess I've I gotta go Baby see Baby Driver, Driver yet. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I gotta go check it out. I mean, um, it's Edgar Wright, so I'm sure it'll be great. I, I will be seeing Apes this week for my birthday, though. My birthday's Sunday, and I totally want to go see Apes. Well, hey, happy bo- uh, early birthday, man. And don't forget, well, everybody, you. to Sunday, wish Joel a happy birthday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. This Sunday, it'll be a spit-swapping makeout session with Keith <laughs> Joel on his birthday. <laughs> it sure will. <laughs> but, Come uh, on down, bring the whole family, take pictures. <laughs> <laughs> they better not end up online. Bottles will be spun. Um, and also, Truckosaurus will be there <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, if you like Planet of the Apes, I saw a YouTube video uh, today where uh, they asked Andy Circus to play Caesar and like do a whole bunch of random things. Like I saw that, yeah. He, it's him doing his Tinder profile. <laughs> that was Screen Junkies. Yeah, they do good work in their interviews. They sure do. Boy, it would be nice to be on Screen Junkies someday, you guys. Wink. Um, you, you you can tell their interviews are good because they probably warm them up by asking like real questions, then save the stupid questions by the end once they've built a rapport. Yes, and when they're like, okay, I know that I only have like three more minutes before this fucking guy's got to go. But uh, hey, thanks a lot for hanging out with us, and of course, stay tuned for a little later when we release back issues, which will be Ultimate Spider-Man. Ooh. How fitting the timelines just lined right up with that one. They sure they? did. This is why we were waiting, everybody. Uh, all right. Well, see you later, everybody. Thanks a lot for watching. Bye. Bye.